0: Our scripture reading on this Graduate Recognition Sunday is from Acts chapter 17. I'll begin reading in verse 22. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription, To an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it. He who is Lord of heaven and earth does not live in shrines made by human hands. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor, he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth. And he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him though indeed he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own prophets have said, for we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all. By raising him from the dead. Well, I want to add my congratulations to our graduates this year. All of you who are moving the virtual tassel. In spite of your disrupted plans and delayed celebrations and senior year disappointments. Your accomplishments need to be celebrated and celebrated by your church. And we do celebrate with you. Believe it or not, not all churches celebrate educational accomplishments. But we do celebrate with you. It's it's true. Not all pastors and all churches affirm the educational pursuit. Some hold up ignorance as kind of an ideal. In fact, my alma mater, Mercer University, was started as a school to educate men for the ministry because there was so much ignorance in the Baptist pulpit of the South. Yes, in 1833, they were only educating men for the ministry. But Jesse Mercer famously said, Lord, save us from an uneducated clergy. Well, our church stands in that educated tradition But still, there is a strain of anti-intellectualism alive and well in Baptist life. Some pastors think science is the enemy of faith, that learning takes us farther away from trust. When I was admissions director at the seminary at Mercer University... I would usually deal once or twice a year with some student who was dealing inside that tension. A student would come to me and say that that his college professor had encouraged him to go to seminary and further his education, but that his home pastor urged him against it, said, whatever you do, stay as far away as possible from the seminary. And the advice those pastors would give sounded something like this. If you go to the seminary, they will confuse you with all kinds of questions. They'll require you to read liberal books. And before you know it, you will start to lose your faith. All you need in ministry is the Word of God. You need to stay close to the Word and pray. And God will give you the words that you need to preach. I do not in any way doubt the sincerity of those pastors. They are products of a different tradition. I just do not agree with them. I trust the Bible. I believe in prayer. But I also think that every calling is high enough, important enough to demand our best intellectual preparation. Regardless of her piety... I would not trust a Christian surgeon to take out my spleen if she had not been to med school. I believe that any vocational path demands our best efforts, our most rigorous preparation. Of course, college is not for everybody. A a call to be a plumber might involve a serious apprenticeship program. Every year, General Motors, AT&T, IBM each spend more on education and training of their employees than the combined educational budget of all eight Ivy League universities. I'm just trying to make the case that one of the ways we honor what it means to be made in the image of God is that we push ourselves to do our very best to prepare our very best, so that we might be blessings to the world, so I applaud all of you who have uh, marked this great accomplishment this, this year. Jesus admonishes us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Loving God with your mind suggests suggests to me that God is not all that crazy about ignorance. In Paul's sermon that I just read from, he calls the listeners to repent from ignorance. But as we'll see, there's more than one kind of ignorance. In our scripture for today, Paul is in Athens. That's Greece, not Georgia. But, But still, it's... Kind of a university town of sorts. He had been preaching in northern Greece, ran into some trouble up there, so he retreats to Athens, awaiting the arrival of his friends, Silas and Timothy. And while he's waiting, Paul does some preaching, he does some sightseeing, he goes to the synagogue and the marketplace, goes almost every day to preach the resurrection. He tours the city while he's waiting. Athens is the cultural and intellectual city of the day. He sees all the signs of Athens' love of culture and learning and arts and intellectual pursuits. And he notes their their special interest in religion. Paul is both impressed and distressed to see how much lavish attention is given to the worship of the Greek gods. There are 12 major gods in the Greek pantheon. I won't do all 12, uh, but you'll recognize some of them if you go to the movies. Zeus, the king of the gods, who rules from Mount Olympus. Poseidon, the god of the sea. Aphrodite, the god of love and passion. Hermes, the messenger god of travel and commerce and expensive scarves. Now, I made the last one up. Okay. But you see, this vibrant religious tradition created a god to worship and to appease for every area of life. Commerce and love and war and travel and all the rest. In Paul's sightseeing tour, the the apostle is looking carefully at at every shrine, every idol, each opulent object of worship. And he notices that one of the gods is named Agnothos Theos, unknown god, the god of just-in-case, Just just in case we might have missed something. Some God we have not yet honored. We don't want to miss anything. We don't want to leave any stone unturned. There is an altar to an unknown God just in case. Well, as I said, Paul has been in the marketplace preaching the resurrection. And in this culture of ideas and learning, listeners are intrigued enough to Invite Paul to the Areopagus. The Areopagus is a rock outcropping that's just out from town. And it's where court was held. It, where speeches are given. Debates are sponsored. And so Paul's invited out there to make his case. And he's got an audience. And he starts with either flattery or, or just an acknowledgement of the universal human hunger for worship. Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. Then he goes on to say, there is no need to worship an unknown God. Paul presents the good news of the God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth. He affirms their natural hunger, their search for God. He goes so far to say that they are groping for the divine. And Paul assures them that the God that they are yearning for is not far away. But then, after the setup, after affirming their hunger for the divine, Paul pivots and tells them they've been ignorant. Now, keep in mind, Paul is in Athens. He's in the center of academic achievement. This is Harvard Square. And Paul says, God has so far overlooked your ignorance. But now it is time to repent. To paraphrase, he said, what you are looking for is a relationship with the risen Christ. And he quotes from one of their own famous poets, for in him we live and move and have our being. Your yearning, he's saying, is satisfied in a relationship with the one true God. It is not found in gold or silver or stone. And so Paul is preaching about another kind of ignorance. You see, there's one kind of ignorance that is the belief that education is threatening, that knowledge and higher learning are a threat to faith. But there is another kind of ignorance. You see, the folks gathered in Athens were plenty educated, but they were still ignorant. Paul preaches that you can spend your whole life worshiping gold, silver, or stone and live in the ignorance of God's claim and God's love for you. Most of the time, when my heart aches for the people I love, it is because I'm watching people all around who are living ignoring this plea from Paul. All the ways I see people searching after the gods that will not satisfy. In this new rhythm, uh, several evenings during the week, Melissa and I will take walks. And uh, our routes take us through parts of Buckhead and Midtown. And it's been interesting to to walk slowly enough to see all of the commerce, all of the industry that is geared Toward trying to help people who are groping for connection and fulfillment and meaning, and there's one more idol, and there is one more idol, and it doesn't work. There are still people who think that the satisfaction they're looking for is to be found in ideas and intellectual pursuits and philosophies of meaning. As I've said, I'm very high on education. But it will not follow the, high, the, the hollow place inside. Still more people are trying to fill that empty place by pursuing gold or silver or stone. Or they buy stone and then upgrade to silver and then trade up for gold. Thinking somehow the next acquisition, the next accomplishment will satisfy well, there is an ignorance in believing that you can be smart enough, achieve enough, or acquire enough to ever be satisfied. Paul is preaching to the university crowd, the, the, the arts community, the Rotary Club, the accomplished. And he tells them it's time to repent of your ignorance. Knowledge is great. But wisdom is even better. Wisdom is the recognition that what you are groping for can only be satisfied in trust in the resurrected one. Wisdom is found in a relationship with the risen Christ, not in the gods you are worshiping right now. So graduates, I am proud of you. We do celebrate what you have learned, what you have accomplished. We celebrate that you have prepared yourselves to make a good living. But please do not be ignorant in thinking that smarts and finances are the stuff of fulfillment and abundance. The God who made the world and everything in it, He is the Lord of heaven and earth does not live in shrines made by human hands. So please, I beg you, do not be educated and ignorant. Be wise, searching for the love that you are looking for in Christ Jesus. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Pontstallian Baptist Church.